This. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, you guys ready to go from New York all the way to Ghana, and we might even take a trip around to Jamaica, because my guest today, she's from New York, she's an African-American from New York, who's moved to Ghana. She moved during the year return, her first time in Ghana was around 2015, and she fell in love, she understood that her Jamaican history tied in to her African history. We're going to get into it because she just didn't move. She created a business. She has a food truck, Deja Vu, the food truck. And you can catch her on Instagram and all those links will be in the description box is Deja Views. Don't get that twisted by just clicking the link. But we're going to, hey, welcome Deja. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing fine. How are you? Oh, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Blessed by the best. And I'm so happy to have you on because when I saw your story, it's not like, you know, I saw it on Forbes yet. It's not like you. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but mm-hmm. when, when I saw it, I said, is she like, what are her ties? I'm Mr. Africa. You'll find that out um, shortly. Mm-hmm. And I said, what made her move? And the way you moved, I love that you started a business I mm-hmm. hate when people go to Africa and then they start doing like GoFundMe's to finance their life. <laughs> you know, right. it, it makes us it makes us look a type. So please right. give a, a a history of you know what made you move in such a short time, and then how did you move leaving your post office job and saying, "Hey, I'm going to Africa, and and we're going to go from there." So tell us something about yourself and that that move. Okay, so um, like you said, I first went to Ghana in 2015. So when I first visited, I knew that I wanted to come back to the country um, and start a business and move there. When I when I had the experience, it was just um, like a sense of belonging for me. And also when I see what we go through as um, African-Americans here in the States, it's disheartening so I always felt like we as a people deserve so much better especially all that we've been through in our history um, as people now today so when I went to Ghana that's exactly how I felt like I deserve to be here Um, and I just kind of wanted to pave that way for my family and my friends to show them like we have a place like we have a safe place we have a place where we belong and we have a place where we are welcomed and we can live a life where that we actually deserve to live and that we want to live. So it was just more so putting my foot down and, and knowing what I deserve as a, as a black woman. Secondly, um, so I've, I've been working at the post office for eight years. I started when I was 20 and once again, it's just committing to that goal. I was I was committed to that vision that I had when I was in Ghana. So my vision was 
like I actually saw it clear as day when I received the vision. It was me in a restaurant. I was cutting the red ribbon and it was just packed. So it was like the grand opening. And I felt it. I got goosebumps. Like I got teary eyed, and I was like, "That's exactly what I'm gonna do." So it was just more so me sticking, to, sticking to that vision and saying, "Like I'm gonna do this. I have to do this." I felt like God gave me the vision, and so that's what I'm working on now. Okay, and and for those who misheard, because some people heard that you, you know, worked at the post office eight years, and you know, you look like you were twenty, meaning you started at twelve. But no, she. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 28. Oh, I'll be man. 29. You, you know, don't crack if you take care of it. Uh, it's all right. But um, with, with that, and, you know, and I love that you're so transparent with the, the job that you had, because a lot of people think, oh, I could never do that with my job. And right, exactly. More than what you made at the government, they just don't know how to right. work it. So, we like to give the game here and be, you know, just so full Transparent, of Transparent, yeah. How much money did you need to have saved up, in your, your opinion, to move to Ghana and make the move you did to start the business? So I, so I would like to say that sometimes being naive allows you to do more because if you know too much information it'll it'll scare you away from actually doing what you need to do so I think because I didn't know and I feel like that's the hardest thing of trying to figure out is how much how much do I need to start where can I start can I start with 1,000 can I start with 10,000 so for me and I think it'll be different for everyone because it just determines it just depends on what your intentions are, what you plan on doing once you, once you land and how serious you are. Like, you know, if you are sitting on time and, and you just letting time go by, or if you're working fast enough to just get things done. But for me personally, I would say, I would say around 10 to 15,000 to and once again, it depends on what business you want to do. So for me, I would say, in my experience, ten to fifteen thousand, and that would include having uh, a place, my own apartment as well. Okay, and and with that amount of money, were you comfortable to be able to start that business, or did you did you say, wow, if this business doesn't work, I'm gonna have to, you know, figure something out? Like, did you have anything in reserve, to, you know, for that? Well, I have money in reserve just as like backup, but um, I was able to live comfortably thus far. So my business is up right now due to due to the pandemic. We have been out for maybe like a month. Um, so now the the flow of money has stopped. To where now I'm trying to find another way to like you know engage with people to keep money flowing in so that's that's another um factor that people have to take in with when it comes to entrepreneurship because you don't have like a a a safety net unless you have that safety net so it's your responsibility to to have that safety net or whatever you think is a good amount for you to when times like this happen 
whatever you you need to survive, you have to keep that in mind. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, the thing about it is, um, even if you were here with the business, you might even be in a worse play, you know, case scenario because your bills would be much higher, especially in a state exactly like New York. So I right. mean. It's, it's a blessing to be there where I know in uh, many African places, I don't know if it's true for you, you know, rent can be paid um, a whole year in advance, which is a way yes. I, I like to pay my bills, period. And, right. but, you know, so you're, 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 you're in no worse of a position um, unless you say, hey, I wish I had that post office job because they'll still be working me during this whole pandemic in New York, you know, right. New York. <laughs> crazy so you might have yeah yeah so no it's um um, no that that's good so when you 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 come and you transition you know Mm -hmm. to a new country what are you after getting and finding your apartment which you guys have to check out her youtube to get more information on that some things i'm gonna leave out because i want you to go to her youtube and binge watch it but and subscribe uh, (laughs) <laughs> yes, subscribe and 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 also I'm going to tell you we don't like to just get the game we like to give it. I want to see you do like a Patreon thing and take that YouTube um to another level because that this could be the start of your whole, you know, I'm an influencer, you guys, I'm going to give you the keys, but you're going to support me monthly. We'll go there later. We might even go there off camera. But this is what I do. Um but the fact that after you find your perfect apartment or find mm-hmm. a place to rest your head, how did you go about, you know, did you always know it was going to be a food truck? Did you know it was going to be J- Jamaican inspired? And did you have mm-hmm. any of those things already in place before you got there? Okay. So I definitely knew it was going to be Jamaican inspired simply because that's what inspired me when I went the first time I seen the Jamaican flags throughout majority of the taxis. And being there reminded me a lot of Jamaica. So it kind of just went off like a light bulb in my head. Like, I should do Jamaican food here. It just, it made so much sense to me because at that point in time, they didn't have any Jamaican restaurants or not, well, none that I know, known of. So I always knew it was going to be Jamaican food. And then when I did some research, I found out that um, majority of Jamaicans originated from Ghana specifically. So I kind of tied it in with the name, my name, the name of the food truck. And my whole motto is basically bringing Jamaican flavor back to the motherland. So Jamaican food. Yes. As far as my apartment, no, I got my apartment. I want to say December of 2019. I moved to Ghana in October, 2019. So it was kind of difficult planning to move or like figuring everything out while I was in the States. I knew I had to be in Ghana because it's difficult finding information on the internet. It's difficult trusting people when it comes to money. So I just knew that I had to be, that I had to actually be in Ghana to make that decision. And I go based off of like how I feel in the space. So if it didn't feel right, I wouldn't go with it. And it felt right. So I went with it. Okay. Okay. So you did everything right when you got there. How long did yes. it take to, you know, find the truck, find your artist, find, you know, who your suppliers were going to be? What was that process like? So to find that I actually built the truck in Ghana from scratch. So literally from the bottom up, we got it built. Um, 
I have a few Ghanaian friends back in the States and I put them to use. I called them and I asked them if they have any aunts or uncles that know any information. So one of my friends, he gave me his a contact, which was one of his friends, and he told me that he knew someone. And literally, I want to say I landed in um, Ghana October, maybe 17th, and I put down for them to start building the truck, like, October 25th. So I, I, I wanted everything to be done for the year of return by December, so I was kind of moving fairly quickly. I wanted to be done fairly quickly. Once again, no rush, but I just wanted to be on that time frame because I was like, I know I have this a certain amount of money. I need to, the money to start coming back in. And I just need things to be ready for December. So as far as an artist, once again, I would just put in from, put, I will put myself out there to receive information. I think that's very important too, because I join like Facebook groups that, um, pertains to African-Americans in Ghana that's just living in Ghana, like all those things. And anytime I ask a question in the groups, people would message me back and give me a bunch of information. So that's very helpful. But for the artist, a friend of mine recommended him to me. And then the next day he was at my house painting the truck and then just made it happen. You just literally have to take things one step at a time. Okay. Now, you know, opening up a food truck, you've never owned a food truck, you, you weren't a yeah. chef. Um, yeah. <laughs> how do you, who's doing the cooking? Are you doing the cooking? So I've trained my staff to do the cooking. Um, they were actually working at a restaurant before, but they were pretty good at knowing the kitchen. Um, it was just making it Jamaican food. So I showed them a few things and show them how it should taste so that they can know like you know whatever needs to be added a little more we make everything the jerk season from scratch so they know how to um how the jerk chicken supposed to taste i make the rasta pasta myself and i make the rice and peas myself okay so you you have some skill in the kitchen you're not sure just a little bit just a little bit <laughs> Oh, but I okay. do, I do, I do know a few things just off of watching like my mom cook and um, once again, being in Jamaica, knowing what the food's supposed to taste like, you know? Okay. And, and did you get into any problems with, wait, I don't, you know, the bay leaf tastes different here versus there or, yes. you know, was there any, you know, issues with finding the ingredients that you needed? So far, the only thing that we are missing is browning. So we make our own, but it's still not, still not grease browning, like the grease brand that I like to use. So I um, either have to ship a barrel to Ghana with a bunch of browning because that makes a huge difference compared to actually browning, making our own. So that is very important. I have to figure it out. Maybe Grace can like, you know, we could work a, a deal out or something. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, well, whoever's coming over, maybe they can dedicate like a suitcase or, you know, um, yeah. inside the container, um, you know, containers are coming in uh, every, yep. every day. So that that's, that's interesting. Now working the food truck, 
what's okay. the plan? Is it to then open up another food truck? Is it to eventually have a restaurant? Where do you see yourself going? So I eventually, I want to have more food trucks and I definitely want to have restaurants. And I don't want to just be based in Ghana. So that's why I didn't, like for our motto, our motto is like, like I said, bring Jamaican flavor to the motherland so that we can eventually move out to other African countries. Um, I would love to become a franchise so that if anyone else is interested in investing in my company, in the future, you know, once we're fully established, you can do so. But yes, restaurant, more restaurants and more food trucks throughout Ghana. Okay, franchise talk. I, I like that type of talk because that means you're making a profit and that you believe you can have other people make a profit. And we know food sales, food trucks are a lot less risky than restaurants. Um, yeah. Um, tell, I, I can already hear someone say, but give us the game. She built her own food truck. What type of money do I need to have that? Because out of that 15000 some folks would be like, wait, where where this other, you know, here, a food truck can be anywhere from ten to 50000 and up. So right. if, if someone is considering, you know, doing that, should they, you know, how much should they dedicate? to the food truck, the budget, is it uh, $5,000 or is it less? I would say the 10, the 10, the 10 to 15 would be apartment and the truck. Okay. Okay. So, so that's how, that's how much, yeah. In between there, you can definitely have the, have a food truck and an apartment. Okay. It, and, and built from scratch, folks. So that, that's a big, a big yes. deal. Now, we know you went during the year of return. And how do you deal with, you know, cash? Are you taking cash? Are you, you know, many African countries are more advanced on these phones than we are as mm -hmm. far as contact lists and, and all that. But, you know, with taking the cash, um, you know, how are the banks treating you? Was it easy to open up a bank account? Give us the, the game on that. Um, it wasn't difficult. I just needed the proper documentation. And there are some banks that will allow you to open a bank account with your um, state ID. So it's basically because I have my business registered. Um, I have my business registered and I have... Like I'm, I have my USID. They allowed me to open up a bank account. Okay. Okay. No, that, that, that's awesome. And they let you open it up with, you know, no, not saying, Hey, you need to put, you know, tens of thousands. I had to put, no, 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 no. I had to put 250 cities in the account. So that is about $50. Very good. That's very, very nice. That's not, it's not like that everywhere. Um, I know that's, and that's what I want people to know is like, it's much easier to get things done. In a sense, it may be difficult because you know, you are foreigner to the country and don't know much, but you can get a lot done for a lot less than you would in the States. 
and, and even registering your business, they didn't make it, you know, difficult. And how long did that take? Because, you know, here you could start a business today by just going on the computer, typing it in, mm -hmm. paying your fees, and you get the certificate right there in certain states. So how was that process of registering the business? So my friend had to help me register my business because once again, I'm not a, a resident as yet. So um, I, I did everything via text message with someone who worked at the registration company. So they, I filled out the form and then I turned it in and I want to say like six days, I had to go pick up the certificate. Okay. Now you said a friend had to help you. Does that mean that you had to have a business partner to open up a business in Ghana? Yeah. So basically how it is, you need to have like a Ghanaian local to like, that's, that's how you are investing in the country, sort to say, because it's like, you're helping a, a local out with, you are helping them out just as much as they're helping you out basically. So it'll cost you less to register a business when you are, when you have um, an, a local on board. Okay. And, and sometimes people look at that as, well, what if they try to run off with my business or what if they, you know, they think of all the worst case scenarios rather than what right. if it really blows up and there's enough mm -hmm. money for everyone to eat off of. Um, right. But the thing is you, I won't say just find any person, you know what I mean? You have to, find someone that you feel like you can trust. And also there are ways, obviously, if you become a resident of the country where you can, where you can now register it for yourself, but it will still be less if you have a Ghanaian local on board with you. Okay. Okay. And is the plan for you to get residency? And if so, uh, walk us through that process, because that's a question that I hear so often, and it just depends on each country. So for Ghana, what is it going to take for you to get residency? Um, well, being that they have the year return initiative in effect and beyond the return, I think that they are making it much easier for African-Americans to return. So, so far, what I found out is either I would basically kind of hire myself under my business because like I'm work, like I need to be here because I'm working here. And that way, that's how I would get residency. Or if I would have a part-time job, wh whoever I know that has a business or that can hire me, and say like, yes, this is what I'm doing. And I'm working here in the country, then that's how I'll be able to get the residency. Okay, okay. And I don't know if that's important to you, but to, to many of uh, listeners out there and people just wanna know, and we wanna be able to get them the game. Now, one thing that most people that go to Africa see is potential of business. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking the food truck might be your first business, but you probably right. see opportunity all over. What other things yeah. have your eyes and mind on? Um, so many other things. Um, so like I said, another food truck, an, a, an actual restaurant, I do want to own a farm two separate kinds. So I want to own a farm that will provide food for my restaurant and trucks. 
And then I want to have a cocoa farm and an ackee farm. Mm. So I do plan to export those goods. And then I want to get into real estate. So I think real estate is huge in Ghana because you can um, get land for a good good price. So far, I farmland, I've seen three acres for $3,000. <laughs> that's, that's what I've seen for myself thus far. Um, so what else is there to do? Real estate. And once again, I feel like Ghana is up and coming. There's so much you can do in the country. And people are excited to see what people like me would bring, like what new we would bring. So anything that you can, that you see in the States that you think would do good there, I would say test it out and try it. So many people have been messaging me on Instagram and asking me if I think this is a good idea or that is a good idea. And I I think it'll work. So many people are visiting. So many people are transitioning and moving. I really see a lot working in Ghana. Now, does it ever get to a point where, and I don't know, you know, I know there's neighborhoods full of African Americans um, Mm -hmm. that you say, hold on, I'm tired of seeing, you know, folks from, you know, New York, Texas, whatnot. Like, is it so many of us out there that you can be like, wait, I see an American every day and I'm running from that or, you know, not running from that, but Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of a resort I was on and I was literally running to get away from Americans because I was tired of, well, in Texas, we do it like this. And I'm like, right. Or in Jamaica right now. Right. Well, I think that's because you were you was actually on a resort when it's a difference when you are just visiting and when you actually live there because like I said now I'm in my apartment and I'm around locals so I walk down the road to buy coconut and I'm interacting with the locals so it's kind of different but there are there are places where it's very diverse I, I haven't been to a place where I've seen like a lot of people from the U.S., but I would say, like, Asians, Lebanese, um, and that's, in that sense, not just from the States, just, like, all over. Okay. But but it's never been, it's never been a point where I was like, oh, no, I have to run away from this area, because it's literally, like, it's diverse all throughout. Okay. We have like inside jokes uh, with, with different uh, clients and friends where we, we talk about like, we really hope Ghana, you don't get to Ghana and you see the same thing that you would see in Oakland and you know, the same nonsense <laughs> and you're like, right. oh gosh, I made it here too. You know, I know. I hope Ghana keep its uniqueness because that's what makes it special. So I don't want people to come and try to change it for what it is. But I do, I would love to see, like, you know, growth. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just really it. I would love to see growth. I would love to see people coming and making it better, not trying to, like, turn it into something it's not. And then come, come in there and complaining about it. That's so annoying. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely, definitely. I'm thinking about even with your post office background, you know, I don't know how their mail service works. I know how other countries are in the improvements, but, you know, even I, you know, do you find any issue or that maybe that knowledge that you got from the post office could benefit you all there? Well, I, 
worked inside. So I don't really know too much about like deliveries because I was just really processing the mail. Mm-hmm. But I have a short amount of time spent in the um in like the actual store part of the post office. But it, it hasn't really been beneficial to my move <laughs> or even me needing to ship anything over. Okay. Okay. The the um because I know like people go to Ghana and you know, they'll say, oh, I'm going to teach here, but they're not getting paid the amount of money that they would get paid here or in China. Uh-huh. So a lot of times those things, they don't work. So they're forced into business, which I, I, I love it. I, I love business. Right. And, and so with, with that, you know, you could, I'm thinking even you are now an influencer for those who want to move and create a business. And that's a book. That's that can mm-hmm. be a documentary. These are all things you can. I do actually, I actually have an ebook in the works. Like I wrote it all out. Well, mm-hmm. a book period. We can call it a book period. Um, I wrote it all out, and I've been working on it to edit it myself. And so, just be on the lookout for that. <laughs> okay, okay. What what's your time frame? Do you think we don't want to rush greatness? But how are you close to being done? Yeah, so like I said, I've I've finished it completely. Now I just have to convert it over to an actual book. I have a a picture of the cover of what I want it to look like. So it's I want to say it's about eighty percent complete. Okay, I I, I want to talk about that. Besides the PR firm, we have a publishing company. So I'll give you a uh-huh. tip, and I think everyone should have their own publishing company if you're going to write books. And uh, oh, cool. I'll tell you off camera why that is because the audience will be like, I thought this was about Africa and, you know, creating business and we're going to stay in that business talk. And I want to know, you know, how do you deal with taxes? Because even though you're in Africa, in another country, in Ghana, um, you Uh still, the U S you know, says, you know, they still want their tax money. At least you get a $90,000 break um, in most. Right. But what, um, how do you, you know, deal with that? Do you have a, are you doing your own accounting or do you have two different sets of CPAs? How, how have you worked that out? Apart from like my business in Ghana and then paying taxes in the States. Yes. So I haven't really even gotten to that point as yet, but they do have the U.S. Embassy where you can get all the information as far as like doing business and still paying your taxes and paying your dues back to the states. Because if you don't, they will find you eventually, especially as a U.S. citizen. So I advise anyone, do not try to be slick and not do it because they'll find you. I'm sure they will. But like I said, I haven't figured that out yet. Um my truck is still fairly new. We literally just started selling like in, I want to say the end of February. And then we had to shut down due to the pandemic. So mm. I'm still figuring everything out. Every I'm new to everything. I'm figuring everything out. So once I figure that out, I will post it on my YouTube for all my subscribers. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's another reason to subscribe. What about local tax? And when I say local tax, I don't just mean Mm -hmm. what the government wants, but sometimes you have, you know, local um, people. Yes. 
my grandfather is this, that. It's almost like the mob, except they're a lot friendlier. So talk about right. that. Right. Um, so they definitely do come and tax you, especially if they help you with just picking up something off the floor. <laughs> um, sometimes I do give when I do have, but then I have to keep in mind that I know when I'm in a position, I'll be able to give much more. And that's my, that's my main intention is to give back to the country. So when I have, I give, it can get annoying sometimes because you just be walking down the road and it's like 10 people begging you. Um, But once again, I always take a step backwards and remember where I came from. I remember that I'm in their country. So I just have to, I think it's it's just having to be understanding that they look at me as an opportunity and that's fine with me because I want to bring opportunities to them and the country. So I would say to people, just be patient and be understanding, even though it can be annoying. Um, But yeah, just be understanding that, you know, they're in need. No, they're definitely in need. And if you are able to give, what what does it cost you? Because people are, are more appreciative too, versus, you know, here, you right. something to somebody and like, actually, I'm a vegan. I don't eat that. And you're like, oh. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. It doesn't cost much. So sometimes I would give, like, I would give a small portion of a meal or like I would give away five cities and that's a dollar. I'll give them one city and that's like cents. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's not a big deal to, to give. And I, and I firmly believe that in order to receive, you must give. So it's it's rewarding to give to them and then to see them so happy with something small and it makes me feel good about it. Okay. And and with, with the with the giving, you know, that's one thing that I'm gonna get into in a mm-hmm. in a wrap up question. But what about what you're getting? Because, you know, English Many people, most people will speak English, especially in the city that you're in, but, you know, mm-hmm. they do have their own local languages and dialects. Yes. How have you adjusted mm-hmm. to that and have you um, started to learn uh, tree or anything else? Um, mainly tree. So I don't know completely, but I do know a few words here and there. And so my driver, well, Brom, he's been my Uber driver since October. So me and my mom met him simply requesting an Uber and then he's been with me ever since. So that's another, that's another example of like giving because he works with me every day and I pay him every single day to take me wherever I need to go. And that's kind of like the reward that I get. So it's way less than Ubers in the States. There's sometimes, an Uber can cost you 20 cities, which is like $5 to go somewhere far. You know what I mean? Um, But I forgot the question. (laughs) Okay, no, just have you, have you started to learn um, the language? Oh yeah, tree. And and have you built a need too, you know, to learn? Yeah, I, I feel like it's very important, especially because I have, staff members who you know that's the language that they speak that's their main language and I don't want it to be a point where I'm just standing there not knowing what's going on you know it's very important for me to know so that I can know what they're talking about and it's important because 
I have to go to the markets. I have to do deals with the people that built my truck. And I think it, it makes them feel better to know that I'm interested in learning their language as well. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the language is not as hard as you may think it is because it's sometimes that they'll, they'll speak and I'll catch on to what the conversation is about. Okay. Okay, some some might say out there that's the ancestors talking to you, so you can feel the vibration. You feel the vibe. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, but no, languages. As long as you, you know, um, I, I think when you go to a place, you should always at least learn the basics in that. Yes. Language, wherever you mm-hmm. go, it's it's. I polite. think it's respectful, you know, like especially once again, me being from the states and then coming into their space, and just to show them my appreciation as well, that I'm just not here to just, just be here, you know? I'm fully involved. Okay, F- fully involved. And, and we're, you guys, we're, we're giving you the, the financial game, but I'm, I'm going to go personal real quick just because I always find this so um, so funny and, and, and some people could say romantic. But how many times have you been invited for marriage? In Ghana. <laughs> Ghana, yeah. <laughs> so, so. Um, how many times? Do I need an exact number? No, no, no. But, but it's happened already, and you haven't been there that long. You know, there will be Americans who say, "What? I can go get married." Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, even the first time I went, it was crazy. Um. Yeah, and their their way of like. One guy asked me, what will it take? Like, how much will he need to marry me? Bride price. And, in the, like, me being from here, it would sound offensive, but that's how they do things. Like, you have to show that you can provide for your wife. That They would have to have something to give to the father or the parents and, you know, pay their dues. <laughs> So yeah, it's been it's been a couple of a, a punny people. Man. <laughs> nothing wrong with bride price and uh, you know <laughs> it's and, and your family has to get in on that too. You know, um, you, yep, <laughs> they deserve to. Yeah, everybody gets gets a piece. Oh yes, I took care of her when she was a baby. So now that you can have her as a grown woman, you know, everyone has to get in on that. that right. That, that, <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. So with with all of that, I like to ask every guest and mm-hmm. what is their community give back that they are doing currently or that they want to do in the future for their, mm-hmm. their business and, and in life? So once again, I have these visions and I, I said that whatever farmland that I purchased majority of the time it'll be like in in the village and I said that I'll promise whoever's working on my farm that their children would be educated I'll make sure that they get the opportunity to get their education because a lot of children in Africa or in Ghana are not able to go to school and here we we take that as you know it's it's a must if you don't if you're not in school as a child then the parent as a parent you'll get in trouble for that so that's definitely one thing i would love to give back is 
educating the children because they are the future. And if they're educated, then I'll, I'm assuming the world will be a better place. Oh, that, that's very, that's very, yeah. I mean, that. so their family doesn't necessarily have to be like in a caste system where the father was a farmer, now the son is a farmer. Right. And so, yeah, I definitely, I feel that. Um, right. How, also, I do, oh. No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, of course with having and owning a food truck, I I have it in my mind to, once again, once we're fully established, to give food. Especially when you see the people on the streets and they have children on the street and they're just begging for the smallest amount of money. I think that's so important. And especially since I'm in that field, it's like I have to, that's one thing I feel like I have to give back to is just giving them food. Okay, which the, that's a great, great goal, and I know they'd appreciate it. How long can you stay in Ghana? You know, I know sometimes people stay forever because they get lost in the in the crowd, but is there, does Ghana have any stipulation where you can only come in on your visa for six months or a year, and you have to go back and then come back in or anything like that? So once you land, they write on your the stamp in your passport 60 days. Mm-hmm. So you have to either extend that 60 days. You have to go back to the airport and extend it. I think you get up to three more months, 90 days. And if, or when you do leave the country, you'll have to pay a fee, which is like 40 cities a month, every month that you're over the 60 days. Okay. Okay. But, but so far I've, I've, overstayed my stay and then I went out to South Africa so I had to give them 80 cities but it's not like once again if you are and you overstay your stay they're coming for you you know what I mean like it's nothing like that that I've experienced or I've heard anyone else experience okay so now that you've done West Africa and South and, and we've opened that up. And I think you've also gone to London and, and, and other, other places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if Ghana and South Africa are the only two countries you've been to in Africa so Nigeria far, too. which one? Wait, you, you, they're only two, right? Nigeria also. Oh, Nigeria. Nigeria. Okay, let's throw Nigeria mm-hmm. in there. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which place thus far is your favorite? Um... Ghana. Ghana. Ghana is just a different vibe. It gives me a different feeling. Like it's a spiritual feeling that I really can't explain. Nigeria was fun. I had a great time in Nigeria, but it wasn't Ghana. <laughs> South Africa reminds me a lot of modern, like a modern Africa. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was bad. Like it reminds me of like a California or something. So. And I only stayed in Johannesburg. I didn't go out to Cape Town, so I wouldn't really know how that part is. But I would definitely say Ghana. Ghana speaks to me. Okay. Okay. No. Awesome. Yeah. You know, Nigeria with with 20 million people in one city. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and, and Joburg, I'm sure they're still selling their their nasty videos uh, downtown, you know. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> around five, but no, I, I just, yeah, I just wanted to, wanted to know, I mean, cause there's no competition on, you know, when they talk about who has the best jell-off rice, everybody knows Senegal and Cameroon. So Nigeria and Ghana can't be even. Wait, I never even heard of that. <laughs> uh, you, you never heard of the jell-off? Senegal and Cameroon. Senegal, because they created Chepogin and, and Chep, is is jell-off rice it's just you know they call it something else and no one would say that senegalese don't have the best rice and then cameroon well i've never tried it so i can't okay oh yeah okay well when i when i try it Uh i'll let you know but so far i would definitely say ghana okay ghana is always going to be number one on my list but i prefer ghana jell-off overnight don't kill me guys that, I'll, <laughs> I'll agree i'll agree to because nigerians don't know how to even jalof it, it, it's even a different pronunciation it's not the same thing but they can <laughs> have things like you know uh okra soup and and you know fish it's hard to mess up fish but i got <laughs> <you that. laughs> but uh let me not make um my my Nigerians mad. I have Nigerian blood in me as well, so I I, nice. I get it. But we have to be honest. But my Cameroonian right. tells me, and and I'm just a, a foodie. So no, I appreciate <laughs> that game, and I want to talk to you after. But I want the people not to get a game overload. I want them to soak this in. You guys check mm-hmm. out her, you know, Instagram. If you're talking about business, as you see, she already has enough uh, wedding proposals, marriage proposals. <laughs> Don't be thirsty in the DMs, but I appreciate. Don't be thirsty. I'm taken. <laughs> She's taken. There you go. Thank you for. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.